is Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. Welcome back into another edition of FUVFC. This is a trio that's been together a lot this summer. Nick Guzman, James Burley, Andy Rodriguez here for another week, more soccer talk. Guys, we're Women's World Cup is underway. The United States plays their first match as we're the time of, we're recording this like two hours from now. Messi's set to make his Leeds Cup debut in about an hour. Things are moving fast this summer. And first off, how are you guys doing? James, I'll start with you. Things are moving fast, and that's exactly how we like it. We're gonna hopefully get to break some. It won't be breaking when people listen to it, but for us, it'll be live breaking news about whether or not Messi gets the start about potentially what the starting lineup will be for the U.S. women's tonight. And uh, just all that uh, great summer soccer stuff that we have so much to look forward to. I'm really pumped to get into it with you guys. And I'm especially glad it's this crew again. I'm very pumped as well. As you said, there's a lot going on in the soccer world right now. Transfer season and then we got Women's World Cup. Messi starting like with Inter Miami. There's so much to talk about and I can't wait to get into it with you guys. And before we get to all the fun stuff, we have to give Mexico their flowers. Uh, ah. Mexico, that's such a funny noise. Mexico defeats Panama by a final score of 1-0 in the Gold Cup final on last Sunday. They are Gold Cup champions once again after falling to the United States in 2021. They've reclaimed their crown. They win 1-0. Santi Jimenez with the goal in the 88th minute. That's the difference. I was kind of pulling for Panama, I think, for obvious reasons, just considering the U.S.-Mexico rivalry. But real quick, I just want to get your guys' take on the on the match and, and Mexico reclaiming their Gold Cup crown. I mean, with the squad that Mexico brought, the expectation for them should have been to win it. You know, they had the added drama of not being as good as Mexico should be over the last year or so. And then coupled with the 3-0 loss to the U.S. in the Nations League, I think that maybe the the expectation around Mexico was maybe a bit lower than it should have been. They're still very much one of the big giants in this region, and they proved that. They tore their way through every team not called Qatar in this tournament. And with the exception, I would say, of Panama in the final, who were really um, – uh, I wouldn't say they weren't beaten overwhelmingly, but they were, the, they were second best. And Mexico, again, you know, like they do often in the Gold Cup, they'll play against a team that – packs it in really tightly and defends well and and punches back at times. But once they get worn down and and the time is running against them, Mexico just seemed to find ways to win. And that's how they did it against Panama. It was a 87th or 88th minute goal, I think, from Santi Jimenez. And good for him, too, because he's been getting a lot of criticism for not scoring enough goals, despite having a good goal scoring record in the Dutch league on his own. And 
but I, I feel heartbroken for Panama because they deserve to be in that final and they were with Mexico every step of the way. Um, a very, very questionable red card or second yellow in that second half that put Panama to 10 men. Uh, and I thought that was, you know, that's that's what happens when you play against big teams and you sit in and you put in a lot of challenges. Eventually, calls are going to go against you and you kind of earn your own luck that way if you're Mexico. So hats off to them. They deserve to win the Gold Cup. They brought their best team and their best team played like it for the first time in a while in many cases. So they deserved it. I'm only the only reservation I have is that Panama couldn't have gotten it to extra time or penalties. And I think it would have been a little bit more tasty for them to get a result out of it. But other than that, they put on a great showing and they have a lot to be proud of. Mexico did what they had to do. They went in, they won it. And now the U S has another thing to shoot for. Take the gold cup back from Mexico next time. It's all the more motivation that they need because Based on what I saw from the U.S., they maybe weren't motivated enough, apart from not bringing their strongest players. So uh, that that's my take on the Gold Cup. I'm not happy about it, you know, but Mexico, congrats. You did it. Um, see if you can beat the U.S. with their best players next time. I mean, that's that's what's going to have to take in a, ser- in a more serious uh, uh, occasion. Yeah, it was definitely a heartbreaking final for Panama. They did so well, I thought, throughout the match. They were defensively sound. I liked their counterattacks. They were so fast in transition. And then 88th minute, they push up a bit too high when they're on the attack. They leave only one defender back. And that counter by Jimenez was just so good. And it, it's tough to bounce back when you concede a goal that late into the match. And I, I thought they played well. It was just that one moment at the end that ruined the game for them heartbreaking but i'm sure there's great things coming up for panama in the next couple of years they have a lot of promise with this team yeah congrats mexico you guys you guys did it that's pretty much all i gotta say uh they brought their strongest squad they expected to win they did win um i'm not i don't i'm not mad about it but maybe a little bit annoyed at how we approach the tournament because it's i mean usually look at the viewership numbers that came into this gold cup it would have been another great opportunity to sort of showcase the the talent that we have but for all the logical reasons we didn't bring our best our best 11 but congrats to Mexico back on top of CONCACAF I also just want to give a quick shout out to David Silva one of my favorite players of all time who the Athletic reported just a couple minutes ago that he's going to retire he suffered an ACL injury in preseason with Real Sociedad so absolute legend part of that Spain dynasty from 2008 to 2012 won two European championships a world cup so congrats on a great career David Silva now moving to the Women's World Cup. Guys, as we speak, it's 7.14 p.m. Eastern time. 9 p.m. Eastern is kickoff for the United States against Vietnam. It's a 1 p.m. start, I believe, in Auckland, New Zealand. So just to give you an idea of the, the crazy time difference between here and there. But there's been a lot of lead up to this tournament and discussion about who's going to play, who's not going to play. But finally, we're just about there and it's time for the U.S. to kick off in this tournament. And the cool thing about doing this right before the game is that we can see just how wrong we are in our predictions pretty soon. So be careful what you guys say. I think we're all going to be predicting a big U.S. victory, but I think points should be given to who guesses the correct number of goals. Oof, well, if you saw my tweet earlier, I don't know if you did. I said 9-0. And to make it a little more fun, because I do – look. If Vietnam can somehow scrape out a result, I will give all the flowers to Vietnam because they will very much have deserved that. But because we were expecting a big U.S. win, I thought it would be a little more interesting to say who the goal scorers would be. 
And because in the way that Alex Morgan scored five in the opener against Thailand in 2019, I thought Sophia Smith is is who I think the U.S. is going to rely on to score a lot of goals. I think she's going to get a hat trick en route to a 9-0 win for the U.S. Uh, boy, I hope I'm wrong because I, I really want them to get double digits again because that was a lot of fun last time. But 9-0 would make me very, very happy as well. Yeah, I did see your tweet earlier. I replied, if you somehow get all those predictions correct of all the goal scorers, I'll pay your tuition, man. Like that would be a wild prediction to get correct. That would be insane. However, I don't think like 9-0 is a lot. And yeah, the expectations are high for this team, especially when they started the last World Cup so well, 13-0. But for me personally, seeing their recent form, yes, they're getting the wins, but it's not as impressive as I would have liked. And I still think it's going to be a dominant performance. I was looking at the stats about another dominant performance that happened in this World Cup, Spain versus Costa Rica. 3-0 doesn't seem like a lot, but if you look the at shots the stats, were insane. yeah. So I actually went and like looked at the stats of the Spain and Costa Rica game and compared it to that USA and Thailand. It's so similar. It's crazy to me. Both of them, 77% possession. Spain had 29 shots, USA 36. Expected goals for Spain, 3.68, USA 4.56. And yet one team scored 10 goals more. And like, that's just what happens with a beautiful game. You can have such a dominant performance and still not score as many goals. They were so similar. And yet there was such a difference. And I feel like we might see something similar tonight with this USA team. I feel like they're going to be dominant, just like they were dominant against Wales, but it was only 2-0. And, and so I don't know if they're scored that many goals, 9-0 is a lot, but I still think they'll get the win. That's the thing. I think performance is the first thing that you want to, you want to see a dominating display. I think we are going to see a dominating display. But you think about that lead-up game against Wales – you know, we weren't that clinical in front of goal. And I would like to see us put away maybe not nine, maybe six, seven, eight, but nine is totally in the realm of possibility. Uh, goals past Vietnam and just sort of use that as a launch pad for the rest of this tournament. That's what we did against Thailand four years ago. And I think it's it's a real opportunity to do that again here where you you just sort of show the rest of the world that you're not messing around, that you are you are the the two-time back-to-back champions of this tournament for a reason. And I think I think I'm gonna say seven nil. I think that'll be my my prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was nine. I think it won't be below five. I would be wow. I would I won't be below five. I predicted three. I could be very wrong, and I hope they prove me wrong, but I am just going in with low expectations, hoping to be like very surprised in a good way. I think that's the that's probably the right way to do it. And also, you backed it with empirical evidence from this yeah. World Cup, comparing it to the last one. I'm just talking You've off got, my dome. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going. I'm I'm going straight biased fan wanting to see some carnage once again from this team because I know that they're capable of it. But I mean, I feel like you're you'd be on the closest track here, Andy. I don't know because stats definitely like lead you one way. But then if you watch the game, Costa Rica's keeper was so good. Like that could have yeah. easily been like an eight nil match. She had like 10 saves, I think. She Costa Rica was incredible. Yeah. Kaylor Navas for the men. They love team. their keepers over there. Yeah. So the, like their keeper was really good. And what surprised me with Spain is they had a whole scandal last year. So a lot of their main players are not in the squad. Of course, they still have the main one, Alexi Pateas, two-time Ballon d'Or winner. 
But so even with those shortages in the squad, they were still able to perform. They brought back some young, like they brought up some youngsters like Salma Parayuelo, who she has a lot of experience. She's only 19 years old, but she already won the under 17 World Cup, under 20 World Cup. So the Spain team is very strong. Uh, the Costa Rican keeper was just better though. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's tough to say what's going to happen. Stats say one thing, but the sport always proves you wrong. Yeah. And I think the, another interesting to know just about the, the, the U S in their group, you know, Netherlands and Portugal will square off on early Sunday morning. And then the U S will play the Netherlands on Wednesday. So that's well over 24 hours more of rest that the U S women will get over the Netherlands in that second game, which I think is the, the game that is a little more mouthwatering considering it's the, it's a rematch of the 2019 women's world cup final. Um, and I don't want to look too far ahead, but I think and you certainly don't want to overlook Vietnam, but I think it's worth discussing, you know, the Dutch. And because I think they're without question, the, the U S's biggest competition in this group to get top spot. And I think looking at that matchup on Wednesday, James, I'll start with you. What do you need to see out of the U S performance tonight that will make you confident going into Wednesday's game against the Netherlands? not only do they need to keep control of the game and of the ball and just the pace of the entire contest, I'm really looking forward to seeing, can they do it in the attacking third the entire time? Because what we saw in matches against Wales and going further back to even Ireland, yes, the U S consistently is the better team and they control the game and they have their way with it in certain ways, but they can't necessarily always look super effective bringing the ball from midfield into the attacking third and keeping it there. If they can do that against Vietnam, not only will it help them tactically decide what they need to do and to beat better teams like the Netherlands, but it will give them confidence to do so. And that's something that they desperately need right now because in 2019, they had all the confidence in the world and look what it did for them. It gave them everything. They were unbeaten the entire ride. They were the best team by far and they deserved it. No questions asked. This time there's doubts. And if they can work out the kinks of those doubts early on, then I think they're in good shape to not only get a result against the Netherlands, but get three points and top the group eventually, because that is going to be the goal with so many teams waiting in the knockouts now stronger than ever before, ever before at the World Cup. Then you have to be more than prepared to finish first and then take all the help you can get. So for me, it's not only about them being dominant, it's about them being dominant in the attacking third, looking dangerous for all 90 minutes. They can't take any time for granted here because they're coming up against a really tough team in the groups that ideally they would have avoided, but that's just, that's just the luck of the draw. It's the world cup draw for a reason. You get the best of the best in the groups and you got to deal with that. So if they can figure out a way to be confident and be 100% ready to go, ready to score all match long, then I'll really like their chances against the Netherlands on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And I think some people overlook that mental aspect in the sport the confidence is going to be huge because the team is talented. There's no doubt about it. But what we need to see is that 9-0 that James wants. We need to see that confidence boost because the game against Wales, they were dominant. But when it came to getting the balls into the box, getting shots off, they weren't as creative, in my opinion. All they were doing was relying on crosses. That wasn't working. They really didn't know what to do once they got there. So if they figure that out, it would be a huge confidence booster going into that match against the Netherlands. And that's going to be important too. As you said, the luck of the draw, unlucky to get the Netherlands in the group. But if they don't beat Netherlands or if they're tied, 
Like, what if they end up second in the group? That could affect your luck of the draw in the knockout stages. So there's a lot to think about. Each match is important. It's only such a short tournament. World Cups, every moment matters. And they need a strong start in order to set up this historic three-peat if they manage to do it. And I think another reason why a strong start is so important is, yes, there's a lot of World Cup winning experience on this team. But if this U.S. team is going to go on a run deep in this Women's World Cup, it's going to be because of the young players that haven't been there before. It's going to be about Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, those those players who are going to sort of drive this U.S. attack. And it's really important for them in their first taste of World Cup experience to just get a win under their belt and get a positive performance under their belt. Because I think the 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 real meat and bones of this U.S. team is is those young players and they're they're very nicely complimented by people like Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle and 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 those women who have been there before and have won everything but i think the 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 youthful faces of this team need to use the the match against Vietnam tonight as as a jumping off point to go on the rest of this tournament and win a three and and three peat as women's world cup champions because previously we've had these rosters that you know, the core has been stacked and it's been these players who have all played together. But this is really the first time we've had this injection of of real youth into the the core and heart of this team. Some of it is is, you know, is due to injury. Becky Sauerbrunn, of course, being injured. And, and that's a big deal. But I think if the U.S. are to go on a run in this World Cup, it's about those young, young players that are going to have to step up and and carry this team through. And that's that's been the talk for a while now, because we stuck with this core for so long, you know, like the, these names that have grown to become household names that have become the superstars of American soccer. And that's not just me saying for the women's team, that is all encompassing Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd. Those names are the household names of this sport from people from this country. And that's not me to say that like uh, the U S men's team isn't good enough. Like, no, like, well, yes, in many ways they aren't, but it, th- that's also me saying that these these women are rock stars. They're legitimately rock stars because they did what is basically should be impossible, going to three straight World Cup finals, winning two back-to-back, and now they have this opportunity again because we know we're the most talented team in the world, but it's going to need some different faces to step up. So we've been talking about this for four years now. We When Megan Rapino won the golden ball four years ago, people were worried about her being too old in 2019. Her role is much, much less than it's going to be now. But Alex Morgan stepping up now into what is really the latter part of her career now, it's going to take the likes of Sophia Smiths, the Trinity Rodmans, the Lynn Williams, who's definitely not one of the younger faces, but one of the newer faces. And that's that's why it isn't just youth. It's about integrating this new generation of players, regardless of age, into this unbelievably dominant, successful system that has worked tried and true over the last 10 years. Uh, to 12 years so for me it's 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 about seeing what what fits and 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 whether or not it can work if it's going to be more of the same or more of something new Jill Ellis stepped away and Vlatko stepped in and immediately assumed the most high pressure job in women's soccer being the coach of the back-to-back world champs and they haven't necessarily looked like that in his tenure were they, was that ever going to be expected? For me, probably not. I was never expecting a coach to come in and hit the ground running, especially when you see the women's game booming like it is. So to have the opportunities for all these talented players, a player like Mallory Swanson for me was going to be a big part of this World Cup. Can she be the, the one who ushers in this new generation 
given that she's what, at 25 years old, she's right smack in the middle of her prime. And she's going to be the bridge that divides, uh, that brings together these two eras because she's been around with both of these groups. She's not here. So the, the burden falls on the shoulders of players like Sophia Smith, the reigning NWSL player of the year. And do I think that she's going to do great things? Absolutely. Do I think she's going to do as well as Megan Rapinoe did in 2019? That'd be hard to do. That'd be really, really hard to do. And if you're expecting the younger guns to do that right off the get, you may have another thing coming. So I think the fact that there is still a collection of these players from separate generations, your Rapinos who have been there are going to be playing a supplemental role of coming off from the bench. We're not sure how much she will even play at this tournament. Alex Morgan is going to be expected to score loads of goals. And I mean, for good reason, that's what she does. She scores loads of goals. So to have her there is is invaluable. And then the midfield, I think, is the core of this team, not only because it contains probably the most talented players, but because the most talented players have also been around. And to have Haran, Lavelle, Ertz, you know, to have that collection is is so valuable. And even Crystal Dunn, who's a def- been a defender for this women's national team, but can step into the midfield in a more uh, natural role for her. And I think... We can expect her to do that with Rose Lavelle coming off of an injury of sorts. So I, I'm very excited about the prospects of doing it. It's just going to be a matter of which player it is that steps up. And I've said Sophia Smith's name over and over again because I think she has she's the most capable of doing it. And I'm very, very excited to see what she can do. But yeah, for me, it's it's about can they can they not usher in a completely new identity? Can they hold on to some of what made it work in the past while preaching the choir of this new generation needs to step up and needs to be the faces. And I think that they've brought together a good enough collection of players from different eras, from different backgrounds, from different skill sets that can do that. And it starts tonight. Yeah. The transition phases of any team can always be tough. You know, when you're losing your key players and you're trying to bring up the new ones, you're always going to not be as strong and underperformed per your standards and that's what we've been seeing with this U.S. team. However, as much as we say like that, that Wales game wasn't that impressive, there was one glimpse of hope being Trinity Rodman. You know, she's one of those that's expected to, you know, kind of like the passing of the torch. She's one of those in the new team, like the new ones, that's meant to perform and hopefully help this team work through the transition period. And so the fact that she scored two goals goes back to the confidence thing. You know, it's going to be a confidence booster for her and some of the other youngsters that played well in that game, in my opinion. You know, I was impressed with Smith that you kept mentioning, James. I was also impressed with Thompson on the left. And so there was definitely glimpses of that those youngsters performing in the Wales game. They need to do it a bit more. They really need to bring everything they've got in the World Cup. But I think they have it in them. It's just a matter of will it happen or not. But it's definitely within their capabilities. We will be watching intently in about an hour and a half's time for the U.S. to make their Women's World Cup debut against Vietnam. And then also on our shores, there is another exciting thing happening tonight. Lionel Messi looks set to make his Inter-Miami debut, but the starting lineups have just been released. Looks like Messi and Sergio Busquets will both start the match against Cruz Azul on the bench. So some breaking news here on FUVFC. It seems like, just looking through Twitter, that it was kind of expected that neither Messi or Busquets would start in their first in this first match, but they're on the bench. They're in the squad. I mean, Apple TV have turned their, their Twitter logo, the color of inter Miami, the, the, the light pink. So gives you an idea of just how much big of a deal 
his debut is going to be. I think we're going to expect to see Messi on the field at some point tonight. But League's Cup, it's it's Inter-Miami, it's Cruz Azul, it's Atlanta United in that group. Top two get through to the knockout stage of the round of 32. But, guys, it's been a lot of talk and chatter over the last couple months about Messi coming to Major League Soccer. And the day has come. Lionel Messi looks set to make his Inter-Miami debut tonight. And just your first gut thoughts to that. Uh, uh, where, where to begin, you know? This is a privilege, to say the least, that we have, I think, the most famous athlete ever to be playing his home games in America now is incredible. I, I'm I'm not even sure how much of this match I'm going to watch because it is the League's Cup and it's a game he'll be coming off the bench. And, you know, he's only been there for about a week or so. I'm not sure how much he could have trained to get integrated into the team, whether or not he's going to be the captain. All that stuff is still up in the air all the craziness of bringing in the uh, the legends. You know, Thierry Henry took the armband immediately when he came to New York. Wayne Rooney did it in D.C. Zlatan did it, it in L.A. Yedlin's, it's fine. Yedlin's got it. Yeah, Yedlin's see, like, bad tonight. But, like, it, for me, that brings up, like, a, a different dilemma because, like, when D.C. United brought in Wayne Rooney, Steve Birnbaum had been the captain for, like, three years, and then they just took it from him. Like, how is that fair? Yeah. And they did the same thing to Landon Donovan in L.A. when Beckham came. That That's... That is aside. Aside from that, this is not only we've talked about it ad nauseum. It is a change changes everything for soccer in this country. Now, it's no longer an afterthought. You saw the videos of of the press at the Inter Miami training. This I, I, do, I don't know the person's name, but they tweeted out. I used to cover Inter Miami as a, a reporter for the past four years, and I've been there at training sometimes where I'm the only reporter and now there are about 60 reporters I've never met showing up today. And we see people, legacy reporters, getting denied the chance to cover the game at Inter-Miami tonight because, well, apparently journalists from all over the world here, like, like this messy guy, he's like sort of popular or whatever. And people want to cover him and people want to spread his story throughout the world. And that's denying the opportunities for a lot of the grassroots style of journalism to go on, which you know, maybe hurts the three of us as grassroots American soccer journalists in a way, but it also helps for the growth of the game in this country. I'd be, I'll be willing to sacrifice uh, a thing or two here, as long as it's not my credential on August 26th, when Inter-Miami comes to Harrison, New Jersey, uh, that would be devastating. But, you know, maybe if I'm being a little less selfish, I can think that this is the start of something great. I hope, I hope, I'm not looking too far into the future, but in two and a half years, when Lionel Messi's time in America is supposed to be done, that the this sort of craziness and this sort of fandom around the game continues because that's the goal. The goal here is to not only maximize as much of Messi as we can in the next two, two and a half years to get as much attention and eyeballs on the sport and on the league of Major League Soccer as much as possible, but it needs to have a lasting effect. And that is hopefully the end goal from all this with the world cup coming in 2026, I think it's a perfect timing for this all to be happening. And as that starts to wrap up and Messi's time wraps up, I hope that right after that, there's a huge soccer boom in this country. And I'm very, very positive that it can happen. This is the beginning of that. I agree with pretty much everything you said. There's so much change going on now with Messi coming in, Busquets coming in, Jordi Alba is pretty much it's confirmed, right, that he's also coming in. Mm -hmm. And there's rumors of Iniesta and Luis Suarez. 
Like, there's so much that could happen for this Inter-Miami team, which will boost the league as a whole. But change is, there's good change and bad change. You mentioned the journalists. I saw those tweets. I can't even imagine the feeling covering that team for years. And then you get denied access for like the, their biggest game. It, it's heartbreaking. There's more change as well throughout the league. So many of the teams are going to have to change the turf for their like stadiums. They're going from artificial to grass, which would have happened eventually, I think, because of the World Cup. But it's still, there's a lot of change happening. And the goal is what you said, James, to boost the eyes in the sport, especially leading into that World Cup where it's going to be hosted here. It's going to be amazing if there is a lasting effect. And I think there will be. Because when you bring a name like Messi, how can there not be a change that's going to be evident, even if it's not like forever, it's going to be evident for the next couple of years, like 10 years maybe or more. The hope is that it lasts for a long, long time. And I think we will see that. And so tonight marks the start of something great. A lot of eyes on that game. As you said, Nick, the Apple TV changer logo. If you even go to their profile, their banner is just messy. So everything's just about him now. And which is understandable. If that, it's a big (laughs) deal. They're at the game. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Everyone's going to be there. It's, it's star studded. So I'm excited to see what happens over the next couple of years. Um, Yeah. I guess we'll see what goes on tonight. If he comes off the bench and scores, that would be, that would be wild. So I'm just excited to see this. And James, is it correct that with a season credential, they can't turn you away or can they still turn us away? I mean, for the Red Bulls versus Inter Miami in late August. I sure hope not. I, 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 we've been, we've been going to, I mean, I've kind of slacked off a little bit this year with my, with doing the Mets beat, but last year and for a good part of this year, we've put in, we've put in some hours. So much. So, so, so many you, hours. If, if, if I could, if I could, if I, I mean, like, I'm not going to name names here, but if I could tell the people in charge of giving us credentials, just the amount of travel we've put in you and i from yeah. the bronx uncompensated uh, travel yeah well that, like that that's not their fault no but 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 you know you know what i mean here like we deserve to be there uh we got denied the barca game last year yes so yeah. uh we better be there this year you know i hope you guys get to go that would be that would be life-changing in my opinion it's yeah, definitely everything. one of the memories you're gonna have forever i really i, I saw messi play at the 2016 Copa america final against against Chile at MetLife Stadium where he missed the penalty and then retired for five to ten minutes after the a game. A month. A month after the game. And then came back and had a – it feels like that was so long. He's done so much internationally since that point. Yeah. So it's interesting to look back on that. But the other little fun thing with Messi going into Miami is that they're terrible. They're awful. They're in last place in the Eastern Conference. So with – Do you see that, their starting lineup today? You know, it's awful. Terrible. Until you read the fine print in the substitutes bench, it gets a little better. Yeah, messy. It's but, the last name. But, like, this is not a good, at least right now, not a good team at all. They have 18 points through 22 games, 15th place out of 15 places in the Eastern Conference. So they're, they are in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup, so there's that. That's a chance to sort of get some early silverware. Um, imagine Messi lifting the U.S. Open Cup. That. I love that. I love that for American soccer. The stuff of dreams. The stuff of dreams. The one trophies he hasn't won. Because he, he can't be the goat <laughs> until he's won the U.S. Open Cup. But they're bad. So there's no, there's really no like leeway or settling in time. If Inter-Miami want to make a run to the MLS playoffs, they have this nice little break with the League's Cup happening. 
And that's a chance for, for some chemistry to, to, to be created between Messi and Busquets and then eventually Jordi Alba and the rest of this inter Miami team. But once MLS, once their MLS schedule starts up again in mid August, you've got to go. If you want to make the playoffs, there's no time for caution for inter Miami right now. And let, let's remember like if we, if we are to talk about leaks cup right now and not just how bad their MLS playoff prospects look right now, they're playing one of the best teams in Liga MX. That's Cruz in, Azul. In Cruz one of the biggest teams, one of the most historic teams, and they they just won the trophy a couple of years back. They got that decades-long curse off their back. So this is a very confident, very talented Cruz Azul team that's starting with the likes of Moises on the wing, the Brazilian, um, Uriel Antuna, Duenas, and Car- Charlie Rodriguez in the middle, Carlos Arcedo, who actually struggled for Toronto FC a couple of years ago, if you'll remember, but is back in Liga MX where he's most comfortable. This is a really good team. And I think they're until Messi comes on, I think they're going to get absolutely destroyed, especially in the midfield. But as far as inner Miami's prospects go, they have enough time to turn their season around. They're four, they're 12 points out of a playoff spot or something. Is it is 12? I believe. I believe and it's that's 12. Yeah. That's four matches that look, other teams are going to win games as well. But if you get Messi to, to go to work on some MLS defenses, over 11 or 12 they have played 22 matches they've got 12 games to go they can really do damage man they can you can expect them to pick up points in nine out of their final 12 games and win at least i would say seven of them so that's a lot of points that they can make up and and squeak into the playoffs we're talking about whether or not the red bulls or nycfc can figure it out they've got another giant a sleeping giant now underneath them in the table that's going to come figure it out so this is a it presents a good opportunity, but I mean, I'm looking at this. I can't draw my eyes off on how underwhelming this starting 11 really is for inner Miami. Robbie Robinson. It, it, yeah, look, they don't, I don't want to name starting at right wing for a reason. All right. Robbie Robinson's the starting right wing and Messi's on the bench for a reason. All right. Don't de- diss my guy, Robbie Robinson like that, but I'm specifically, I'm looking at this inner inner Miami midfield. That's very, very injured and depleted and, uh, Gian Mota list, Gregor list, and Sergio Busquets list. And if those three guys are back and ready to play, this team changes like that. Messi, like, and that's not even including Messi, who is obviously the biggest game changer the sport has ever seen. So it's it's so crazy that this is our league right now, that there's this team that I look at and I'm just like, yeah, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And then in one week, they could be the best team in the league. That's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. They have enough time to change it around, though. I think they'll probably make it, to, make it to playoffs. I don't know how far they would make it, but they definitely have a lot of time to turn it around. In terms of tonight, they're probably going to win. Um, I don't think they'll struggle as much with Cruz Azul, and don't get me wrong. I know Cruz Azul, historic team, but they've had a terrible start this season so sure. far. Three losses in a row, six goals against them. They've only scored one. So going in without form, like you've lost three in a row. And you're going to have to face Messi and Busquets. I would not want to be in that locker room. Like I would be terrified. And that mental aspect could definitely mess them up. Even if they're on the bench, even before they like get on the field. So I, I'm expecting them to win tonight, but for the rest of the season, they definitely have a lot of time to make up those points. I think they should make it to playoffs. If they don't, it would be disappointing having a player like Messi on their squad and not changing it around. But we'll see. It's it's a long season. This sport is so unpredictable. And 
I think it would be great if they make it to the playoffs. Definitely great for them, the team, the league, the sport. But we never know. It's We really never know. I, I have a history of making educated guesses and just being completely wrong. So we'll find out. And Messi's set to make his Inter-Miami debut as we record this in about 15, 20 minutes. The U.S. women's national team will take on Vietnam, begin their quest for another World Cup twi- title in just about in over an hour. That'll about that'll about do it for another episode of FUVFC. Nick Guzman, James Burley, Andy Rodriguez. So many good things happening in the world of American soccer, whether it's MLS, whether it's the men's national team, whether it's the women's national team. I feel I feel vindicated a little bit for my my years of suffering and my years of putting so much time into a, a product that not a lot of people paid attention to. And now, and now we're here. Never, never forget October 10th, 2017. Never forget where we were and where we are now. I've, I've tried to block that out, but I think like, it's the kind of thing where like, if you're, if you go to therapy or something, if you talk to a good therapist, they'll bring up those <laughs> memories of that day because unironically one of the worst days of my entire life. Oh, easily. Uh, it was terrible. But we're so far from that. Messi making his Miami debut. The women's national team about to three-peat at the World Cup. You're here to hear first. And that'll do it for this episode of FUVFC. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs>